You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where we examine what is and isn't working in online marketing. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. Today, we are talking about apps. You'll want to stay tuned because I think this is applicable for everybody. If you don't even know what I mean by the word app, my guest is going to explain it. So hopefully you know me well enough to know I'm not going to let him use big words and things that don't apply to your business, but I try to get to the nuts and bolts of things for even the beginner marketer to understand. So you're going to want to stay tuned when I interview Mr. Steve Young, and I'm going to tell you about him in just a moment. But first... Let me tell you of a really cool announcement that we're going to be trying here at trafficandleads.com. So for the past few Thursdays, I've been hosting a live webinar series at four o'clock Pacific time and five o'clock Pacific time. And these webinars are about, of course, the click technique. The one at four o'clock is for my network marketing friends. Those of you who do direct sales for uh, awesome companies like doTERRA or Young Living Essential Oils or LuLaRoe or, and I, I'm probably saying that one wrong, or <laughs> any of these direct sales, Melaleuca, all of these, I feel like you guys need just a little bit of a different technique, although it is still the click technique, but maybe I can piece some things together for you, for those of you that are my direct marketing friends. So make sure that you sign up for my webinars at four o'clock Pacific time on Thursday. I'm going to be holding those. My goal is to hold those every dang Thursday through September. So it's going to happen. So make sure you get signed up. Why don't you go ahead and go to uh, oneclicklindsay.com slash webinar. And you'll see sign up links for both of these webinars. So the one that I hold at five o'clock Pacific is, I don't have to do the math for you East Coasters, do I? The one at five o'clock Pacific is just straight up the click technique. Now, if you go to theclicktechnique.com, you'll get my five day crash course bootcamp, but I actually have been receiving quite a few private messages that says, hey, I really, I need those emails now. I really want to know what the click technique is, and I don't want to wait five days while your email drips to me. So that's why I'm holding the webinar every Thursday, because sometimes email just isn't the best way for you guys to learn. So I can sum up the click technique for all of you guys in a live webinar every Thursday at five o'clock. So again, go to oneclicklindsay.com slash webinar and uh, get signed up for one of those two times so you can get the nuts and bolts of the click technique. Or of course, you can always visit theclicktechnique.com to find out more. So what's happening out of the click technique? For those that don't know, what is the click technique? It's my personal system for generating more traffic and leads to your website. And it's what I do for my customers. And I basically let you in on all of the secrets. I tell you how much to spend on Facebook. I tell you what, how to do keywords. I tell you how to do everything. So that is the click technique. Make sure you visit theclicktechnique.com and get all of my secrets for free and join our free Facebook group where you can ask any question about online marketing and me and my team will answer it. So I mean, how many people out there have a team of 10 people that are willing to answer all of your online marketing questions? Now, I know that you care about online marketing because you're listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast. So you know you want to do that. I don't know why you're not doing it. So what's an example question that we get out on the click technique? Well, 
there's a lot of network marketing questions. Not only like the click technique applies to all businesses, but I do get some network marketing questions. And it's, for example, I had someone ask, hey, one click, I have my network marketing website, paparazzi, and I'm not really sure how to generate traffic and leads or implement the click technique to it. And what is the answer? The answer is, first of all, you need to attend my webinar every uh, Thursday at four o'clock. But the second answer is you need to actually have a secondary blog, like your very own blog, probably after your own name. Or if you are awesome like me, you have a nickname like oneclicklindsay.com and you need to be blogging there. Applicable, wonderful things. And as you're blogging there about your about different products, maybe you're doing product reviews or, or whatever you want to blog about that's applicable to your network marketing company, then you stick in your link to your website. Um, this is the best way for a network marketing company to generate a downline as well as generate more sales. Again, you can find perfect examples of this in my webinar. So I'll stop repeating that I have a webinar every Thursday, but those are the kind of questions that are generated in the private Facebook group that I'm inviting you to join. So make sure you do that at theclicktechnique.com. Now on to today's interview about apps. I interview Mr. Steve Young. He is an app marketing consultant and founder of appmasters.co. He helps clients get featured by Apple, increase downloads using app store optimization and drive cost-effective influencer marketing. Now, this may be about apps, but there's so many nuggets in this interview, and he is such a fun, wonderful guy to talk to that I think we can all learn something from it, even if you're not interested in having an app. But I know like that is a buzzword out there in the traffic and leads universe. And so I think everyone will be benefited by listening to this interview because you'll get a little educated on apps and what's happening over there. And it actually might even spark an idea for your business to have an app because a lot of businesses can have an app, even if you don't think that may be the case. So without further ado, let me bring on Mr. Steve Young. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads podcast. Thank you, One Click Lindsay. I'm super <laughs> excited to be here. I love it when people call me by my real name when they come on the show. <laughs> That's your real name now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lindsay. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so when we were just chatting, you have a really interesting story. Essentially, is it fair to say that you started a podcast and it like changed the entire trajectory of your like career and interests? That is underestimating it. Yes, that is, that is exactly what happened. I've, I sold cassette tapes, Lindsay, when I was... Cassette tapes? Cassette tapes now, back in the day. You, now, for those of you that don't know, I'm kidding. <laughs> that tape is. Okay. Yeah. So this was like, what, maybe late 80s, right? When I was in elementary school. And I through that, like I knew I kind of wanted to be an entrepreneur, but never knew what that path would look like. So just started working for various jobs, climbing the corporate ladder. And then it was in 2011, I started creating apps sort of on the side. Did like pretty, what kind of apps? It was kids apps. So my son was 18 months at the time and I wanted to create something that he would enjoy. So I was like, oh, he's actually using a lot of these apps. I started downloading. I was like, oh, I could do this. So let me try it. And I did, I did that. So I started making a few hundred dollars a month doing that. <laughs> Lindsay, the, the first app I created, I was like, hey, you know, Noah is his name. Check it out. Let, let, let me know what you think. And he, he plays for it for about five seconds, hits the home button, and then moves on to a different app. Like, oh, no. <laughs> fail. <laughs> yeah, fail. 
But 2013, I decided, hey, apps are still continuing to grow, and I want to take this very seriously. Can I turn this app business, side business, into a real business? I love podcasts, but I didn't want to do a business podcast. So I thought, oh, I have an app business. Why don't I do one on apps? Did that, and then started interviewing people that I really admire in the space. So co-founder Shazam, Tap, Tweetbot, Clear, like all the apps that were popular at the time, started to interview them, built up an audience. So who then started coming to me for app marketing help. And then seven months after starting the podcast, ended up leaving my startup job to run this full time. And so we, we love what we do now in the app marketing space. And so do you, so you're a programmer, it sounds like? I do program. I'm more of a marketing background. So I, I did marketing for the startup, but I can code. So people with previously built apps come to Steve and say, Steve, make it so I can make million dollars a month on my app. Go. That's right. One CL. Oh, OCL. Okay, call you OCL. <laughs> People do call me OCL at conferences, actually. <laughs> okay, so that's really cool. And like, um, we're so let's just talk a little bit more about this podcast. So you're interviewing people. Like, did you do a lot of promotion on these podcasts, or did it self promote? Or tell me about that journey. Yeah. So it wasn't. I wasn't doing any type of crazy promotion. It was just kind of just starting it. Doing it as I can. I would wake up really early, start recording 6 a.m., especially if they were on the East Coast or Europe. That would be perfect timing. Or then if they're on the West Coast, I try to do maybe 8 p.m. recording. So try to work around my work schedule. And then the biggest promotion in terms of like downloads, naturally, it just started coming. It was like a few hundred downloads a month. And then now we're up to a few thousand an episode. But for in the beginning, it was just like a few hundred an episode. But the biggest things that really helped grow it was one, I asked one of my past guests to promote his podcast episode to his email list, which he had maybe about 20,000 email subscribers. So that really helped. And then Lindsay, the other thing I did because I interviewed the co-founder Shazam, like that was my first big guest. I scraped Google Play. So you can use Google Docs to scrape certain websites. And if you know a little bit with HTML and CSS, you can sort of figure that out. I scraped Google mm-hmm. Play because they had all the email addresses of the developers on there. And I got about maybe 400 emails. And I just said, I cold emailed them and said, hey guys, you know, I don't want anything from you. Just listen to this podcast episode. Go listen to that. And that worked out pretty well too. But those are the two big ones that really helped out in terms of listens. Steve, I'm going to have to excuse you from the podcast since you're a spammer. <laughs> I thought that's what market, that's what we marketers do. <laughs> we Spam? ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it obviously worked out pretty well for you, but that, that was quite the spamming technique there. So you would say like those 400, those 400 people have become listeners to the podcast, obviously. Yeah. It's just slowly. Not all 400, obviously, yeah, but some of them. Yeah. Yeah. But a few percentage of them. But the biggest one was the, the guests, past guests reaching out to his email list and telling them to listen to our episode. That was like the number one episode for a while when he did that. Wow, that's cool. And then um, do you do like an intro and outro on the podcast and you're like, hey, come to me for all your podcasting marketing help or how do you get people to actually call you or do you get them to opt in or or what's the magic? No, it wasn't anything like that. I think the only, what I really learned from that first year as I started to, now we're in our fourth year and like I've tried different things is there's a reason why it kind of took off in a way where people started coming to me. One was I was just literally trying to learn. I wasn't trying to sell anybody for about anything. I wasn't, for me, it was really about turning my side business, my app business into a real business. I didn't want to do consulting 
at all. It was something that, you know, you listen to everybody else like, oh, you don't want to do consulting, trading hours for dollars and everything else. So I thought I was going to do my apps business was going to take off. And then I was going to maybe do courses and kind of learn from everything, everything I've learned, I've maybe turned that into a course or something. And it wasn't until like, I just, people started coming. And I was like, oh, wow, this is actually pretty good money. And apps are really hard. Why don't I just focus on and trying to do too much? I just said, okay, well, I'm not going to try to do all this other stuff. Let me just focus on the consulting. But no, it just sort of naturally came. People just started coming for some reason. So can you market any kind of app? Like, um, so when, when, when I think apps, I think primarily like games. Um, although I do have a couple customers that we've built apps for, but like, tell me what you primarily, like who needs marketing from you? Who ne- we've done all sorts of apps and the, the thing that I've gotten good at, and I'm sure you're really good at too, is from a leads perspective is figure out based on the app, what channels are going to work the best. And mm-hmm. that's what we've really gotten good at. So I can look at an app and say, oh, okay, you know, app store optimization is usually one of the fundamental strategies, which is SEO for the app store. So leveraging the app name, the keywords, the app description on iOS, you can drive significant amount of volume because you're optimizing it. Now there's a ceiling to that, just like SEO, right? Like people have to be searching for these particular terms that you're ranking for, for you to see the increase in downloads. But then the other strategies would be We've helped clients get featured by Apple. So pitching Apple in advance of your launch and so forth and getting on Apple's radar to get them to actually feature you. And then we've been dabbling in influencer marketing and different growth hacks to really drive downloads for your app. But the one thing that I would say if anybody's looking for traction for their app is the biggest mistake that I see is traditionally because we think like marketers, PR, we think PR is going to be good and PR is just not that great from an app perspective. So Why is that? It just doesn't drive that many downloads. We've gotten clients on TechCrunch, VentureBeat, Mashable, mm. Daily Dot. But in terms of downloads, there's way more, there's way better strategies in terms of driving downloads than getting on these main media publications. It's nice. And it's kind of nice to say I was featured on a certain site, but one, it's a lot of work, right? And you don't control. It. It's all editorial. While we may have the connections, they may just say no to us, <laughs> right? If you mm-hmm. go in cold, you might not get a response. We get a polite no because we have the connections, but it's very hard to control. And then after you get on these guys' radar, it doesn't equate to the amount of downloads that you think it would do. I had a, mm-hmm. a friend of mine who I just pitched Mashable because they were close content, got him onto Mashable. And he's, I was like, hey, how are the downloads? Now we doubled the downloads for the day. It was about 1,200, but he's like, yeah, it was, it was okay. I'm like, I doubled your downloads, but he just thought it was okay, right? So I'm like, wow. Yeah, so it's a lot harder with PR. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So can you kind of, so does every, would you say every small business could benefit from an app or like where, like where is the, where are we with apps? Yeah, I would say so. So if you're, if your small business is, let's say you're a restaurant or maybe just a small business and you want to retain users, your customers a little bit more or give mm-hmm. them, discounts or make it easier for them to contact you to reserve a table or anything like that, I think that's where it becomes beneficial, right? I think we live in a mobile world where I hate calling people. I would prefer to just text a company and have them come back to be like, hey, you got a table for 10? Good. Perfect. You know, done, right? And so I do think that, yes, if you've got a good enough customer base and you want to retain or even bring in new customers, I think apps are worthwhile. Meaning that I wouldn't just take your website and put it into an app form. I try to think beyond like what really makes sense from an app perspective. 
whether it's communication, easier communication, easier reservations, things like that, easier ordering, then it's like, okay, there's a huge benefit to having an app now. Makes sense. Do you consult on app design or or ways to improve your app? Or are you just like people come to you and they're like, Steve, here is my app. Go market. No, I do look at design. So that's one of the things that now I'm not a designer, but I just have an opinion. <laughs> right? uh-huh, uh-huh. I know what looks good. And I kind of look at design from a, I guess, a user a, standpoint. Yeah, user standpoint. Like I, I admire the art. I would be somebody who buys art, not necessarily who creates the art. But I would say I look at it and I, I can say, hey, you know, you really need a better looking design. And then we kind of run some data on it. We run some tests to make sure that I'm correct. And then we help them sort of get featured. Like one of the great videos I just did right now, we talked about the number one mistake that most people make when trying to land an Apple feature. And I do look at design app icons and I covered a couple of different clients who came to us and said, here's our app icon. I'm like, whoa, that's really not good. But I think this actually looks good, which was an element within their app. And we kind of modified it a little bit. And then we launched it and we ended up getting both apps featured by Apple by running kind of putting like four different icons together and then just asking people on Facebook, hey, which ones do you guys like best? It's A, B, C, or D. And then based off the comments, we went with what we thought looked best, which is generally what most people like too. And then, yeah, launched it with that particular icon. So the icon, it sounds like it's fairly important like to everything. Like the icon is super important, yeah? Icon's super important. And obviously the app itself the graphics within the app are super important. You can't have an, a beautiful icon and an ugly app. That's not true. There was that app where you like okay. put your two fingers on the skateboard. Remember that one? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I like that one. <laughs> <laughs> so you're lying. <laughs> I actually like those. <laughs> for those that are listening, like this was the worst app ever created. But for some reason, like people like were leaving five star reviews as a joke because it was the worst app. You put your fingers on the phone and like these crappy graphics would go by because you were riding the skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty horrible. <laughs> Steve's lying. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. How much of this uh, of app marketing has to do with content marketing? Tell me how those two are married. Yeah. So, I mean, it's if it's a long-term strategy, right? If you're just looking for growth, I would say focus on apps or optimization, different strategies. For content marketing, it's a long-term game. So for me, if you think about my business, I've been doing content marketing and it really probably took four years where now we just really don't have to look for clients. And we never actually look for clients, but now it feels like, oh, you know, like business is good without doing anything, just creating the podcast, creating our content and that's it. And so I think if you're looking from- I want you to repeat that time frame again. Four years. Really felt like four years where I felt like- But it's so worth it, right? And it's not like- you had zero interest for those four years. It's just now you're like on this really good click, right? Exactly. Like we had our biggest month in January and I was kind of analyzing it. It's like, oh, you know, this client came in through a referral. This client came through another referral, a different referral. This client came in just through the podcast. This client came in through the, you know, watching our YouTube channel. It's like, oh, okay. And now like our base has just doubled every single year from a monthly revenue perspective. And yeah, mm-hmm. it felt like four years. It took three years to probably make up the income that I was making at the startup job, Mm -hmm. not -hmm. just like keeping the money, right? The top line was good, but the bottom line was like really being able to pay yourself what you made before. And then now four years feels like, oh, I can relax a little bit, Lindsay. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Sorry. What was your initial question? (laughs) I forgot. Uh, No, how those two things, no, you answered it. (laughs) Content marketing. Yeah. So yeah, if you're trying to build that, it will take a long time. It's just, 
I, I wrote this blog post that was clickbaity. I said, hey, Apple, I just fixed your camera app. And Lindsay, if you look back at that blog post, there are changes in there that I recommended. This was 2014 that are now incorporated in today's camera app. But when one of the biggest things was, hey, your flip, you know, where if you to take a selfie, that button was so far at the top. And then now it's right next to the button to take the picture. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, everybody wants to take a selfie. Why don't you just keep those two buttons close together? That was one of my big things. So that drove a good amount of traffic. And actually, I didn't launch my app yet, but I got about 100 plus leads through that blog post that I put on Medium. And obviously, you know, it was a clickbaity type of headline, but the there was real good, I would say, facts and design. Info behind it. Yeah, yeah behind it was it. interesting. Yes. It was interesting. So that did that did pretty well, but it was it was hard to replicate. And so if you're thinking long term, I would say content marketing is key if you're thinking long term. Yes. And not only does it bring in new customers, but my experience and my customers' experience is that it keeps your current clientele close as well. Like they're not going to go out wandering for someone else because you're always putting out the latest, greatest content and they're learning something and you're always in their face. Yeah. I love it too. And I love what you're doing here with the podcast is as we, I started investing in video heavily late last year and I started noticing before people would say, you know, I'm a long time listening to the podcast or I heard your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Now people are like, you know, I see your videos. I love your videos. And that becomes an easier sell as well. And so if you think about apps, you know, like Calm or meditation apps who put a presence like a founder in front of it, you're going to develop a relationship. It's going to be much easier to sell them or get them on the download or buy a subscription from you and you know really stay in with that and i would say sweat with kayla is a very popular app somebody who's created good content throughout the years launched her own app you can't even use the app without a subscription and she's done really well for herself just because she created all this content beforehand when she before she launched the app she's done really really well awesome what does your app do my camera app so it is a selfie app and it wow, is sort you must of like, really like selfies. <laughs> no, <laughs> you I'm, a, trying to be, I'm trying to stay handsome cool. Man. <laughs> I'm trying to stay cool with the kids, you know. <laughs> but no, it's it's an app where there's no buttons. All you do is shake the app, and it'll flip the camera, and then you could tap anywhere to take a picture. So I thought I wanted something really simple that I could use. And I was like, why do I need all these buttons? Because Clear, I was in, I was inspired by Clear, where it's all gesture based. So it's all gesture based. Tap, take a picture, shake it to flip, and then you can. I think you can do some other things for Flash that I put in there too. Are you going to tell us what the downloads and stuff look like on that? Oh man, they're okay. I mean, the it's so it's called O Snap. The downloads we got it featured on the next web, but it's not like huge money. It's just a few hundred dollars a month. I our main business is helping clients, and so I'm getting back into creating our own apps because now I feel like whoa, we're really good at marketing other people's apps. So uh-huh. let's start creating our own apps. I just haven't had the time. It's a focus, right? It's all about focus. And the the business took off because I focused on consulting and that was it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So I want to end the interview when you, when we kind of set this up, you mentioned you have some content marketing hacks. Why don't you give us your content marketing, some of your content marketing hacks? Love it. OCL. All right, here we go. This is my favorite one. So there's a site called Haro, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Help a reporter. Yes, we've interviewed a few people on that. Yep. Really cool site. It's great if you're, I used it for starting the podcast and reaching out to guests when I, you know, had no name and people, when I was just begging people to come on, but I flipped the model a bit. So I become a source on there. So if I'm looking to create a blog post about 
five apps that help you sleep better or my what are your favorite subject lines, whatever blog posts that I'm looking to create in terms of content, I use that as a source. I become the source. I create the blog posts and then I get people coming to me for providing content and I publish I like it. it. How now, does that work? Huh? It works beautifully. Like one of our most popular blog posts, this was at a startup. I said, you know, I was like 33 small business Facebook pages that you have to check out or you have to copy. Right. And that was like the most shared post that we've ever created because obviously we're creating content. People are giving us content. And then after I'm done creating the content, I say, Hey guys, here it is. You know, if you love it, you know, feel free to share it on yours. And they're obviously more inclined to share it when they've been featured on the blog post. Yes. So how often do you utilize that for your blog posts? I use that pretty often. So I write for Entrepreneur, The Next Web, HuffPo, and I use this strategy when I'm trying to, one, when I don't have content and I can't think of the tips, but I like the headline. And so it's a great way. And then two, like we've gotten clients because I wrote an article for tech.co about like influencer marketing and different ways you can do that. And one of the guys who I featured on the article, I wasn't even intending on this. He's like, Steve, you know, I see that you do a little bit of PR. Can you help me with this? And we helped him with his PR and got him on VentureBeat and such. So it's a great strategy if you're looking for leads. Like, let's say I want to partner up with app development firms because they're creating apps. Obviously, the next thing is to market it. So I can say, hey, app development, looking for app development firms who can provide us with the biggest mistake that most people make when they're trying to create their app and how they can stay within their budget. And then I get those leads, create the content. If I guess blog posts, I can get them you know, exposure on different bigger sites and then that they become a potential lead or they just are become aware of what we do. That's awesome. I love that tip. That's awesome. Would that work? I have not used that tip before. Does that work like regardless, like if you have a site that doesn't get a ton of traffic or do you, does it have to be like, I am a Huffington Post article writer type of deal? No, I've done that just for our own blog. So the only thing that you have to keep in mind is you need an Alexa ranking of at least 1 million. So you just can't be a brand new site. But if you've been around for a little bit, that's it. That's awesome. Love this. Okay. Do you have anything else? Well, we can talk about subject lines and what I've been A-B testing recently. I feel like I've gotten pretty good with subject lines. But the when I go in cold, what I try to do is just try to be a little bit humorous. And so what I would say is for subject lines, try question marks. This is what I'm A-B testing is just asking a question rather than saying like, this is the, you know, the number one long-term investment you can make or say, what is the best long-term investment you can make? And just put a mm. question mark and use emojis. So I'm going to A-B test that a little bit more, but I was, in, I think I was reading a book and they were just talking about little persuasion techniques. And I think asking a question, people are more like, oh, okay, well, what is it? Right. You might, one, I make you think, and two, are we different? Are we thinking the same thing or are we different? And so they're more inclined to open that email. And then I try different things where one of the better performing from a PR perspective, performing subject lines are when I combine different well-known products into one. So like Farmville meets Candy Crush. That was one Mm -hmm. that worked out very well because it's just, you know, like people hate it, but it tells you immediately what the app does. And so I try to combine two very popular apps when I'm trying to get PR and get people to open the email. I love it. I love it. Um, cool. Before you go, I want you to comment on, you said you wrote for Huffington Post, entrepreneur.com and all those. What are your tips for if someone is wanting to achieve that? What are your best tips for that? 
Yeah. So I'm not the expert here. I, got, I hired a coach for that. But for entrepreneur, what happened with, for me, this is one of the hacks and I'll tell you the, the straight tip. One of the hacks that worked for me, I actually guest blog posts on Kiss Metrics. They ended up syndicating entrepreneur.com syndicated that particular blog post. So wow. I reached out to the contributing editor. So that's what you have to look for in LinkedIn, contributing editor or contributions editor, or, you know, guest blog posts editor, look for those type of terms in LinkedIn, and then you can make that pitch. So you can go in cold and just say, hey, you know, I already write for different publications and pitch them. Generally, you want an article, like a headline, here are three great articles, here's some writing samples that I think would be beneficial. So article okay. headlines that you're going to pitch them, and then some writing samples that you already created. So I would reach out. If you're going for entrepreneur, I try to write for some other blog posts already. And Kiss Metrics is one where I just sort of hacked it. I was like, hey, I've already you've already syndicated one of my blog posts. Here's another one. And then he said, yeah, all right, we'll take it. And so it was a long process of getting in there. And finally, we got in there. Nice, nice. And so that's not something you write for every week. It was a couple of articles that you got posted on there. Or is yeah. that something you write for every week? No, we don't do every week, but I try to do every month or so. Awesome. Nice. It's just whenever I can get the time to do it. But we, we do try to create as much content as we can for Entrepreneur. And that Huffpo, is so cool. It's just pitching Ariana Huffington. So have a blog post that you already wrote, you know, and pitch her directly and say, hey, Ariana, follow her on Facebook, mention something, you know, try to build a little bit of rapport. Really like what you said about blah, 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 or read one of your books. And then here, I would really like to contribute. Here's my background. And here's the article that I think would work really on HuffPo and literally copy and paste that article into the email and then picture. That's how we got, that's how I got into HuffPo. And the question is, do you, are you acting cool and you call it HuffPo or do we, or what do you think? Lindsay, I got to be cool. I have a self <laughs> I got to call you OCL and I got to call HuffPo. <laughs> Just wondering if that was the key. She's like, oh, this is so cool. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Copy all my vernacular. <laughs> okay. okay. HuffPo, people. HuffPo. Awesome. Okay. Before I let you go, you got yeah. two minutes to do your song and dance, whatever oh. you want us to do and wherever you want us to go and whatever you want us to buy. If you want to buy anything. I don't go. want you guys to buy anything. Listen to this show. If you got anything out, just share it with your friends. Let's make this a win for Lindsay for putting the time and effort on putting on a podcast together and putting a spectacular show and bringing on guests like me, really cool people onto the show. So I don't need anything from you. If you need app marketing help, you can check out appmasters.co and you can find all the information there. But I, let's make this a win for OCL. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. So what did you think about that awesome interview? I told you you would learn something if you would just stick with me. And not only that, but Steve was a really fun guy to interview. So it was a party. It was a little party here on the Traffic and Leads podcast about apps. So before I let you go, if you enjoyed the podcast, I would really, really, really love you to review us out there on iTunes. We have a lot of reviews coming in and I appreciate everybody who's leaving us an awesome review. Um, and make sure you join us over at theclicktechnique.com and I should do webinar Wednesdays. No, uh, I should have done that, but it's webinar Thursdays. So make sure you join us also at live webinar Thursday. This isn't in an evergreen blah, blah, blah webinar where you're going to see a super boring video of me, but they're a live webinar every single Thursday. So make sure you join us there at four o'clock for my network marketing friends 
five o'clock for everybody else. That's Pacific Standard Time because I'm in Portland, Oregon. So until next week, thank you very much for joining me on the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay with trafficandleads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. Mm-hmm.